Welcome, welcome to another Mission Daily here in the Apocalypse Garage, aka Mission Control, aka the studio, and so many other names. It's great to be with you. I'm Chad Grills, and this is Mission Daily, your number one podcast for accelerated learning. In these uncertain times, we're bringing you good news, super friends, and a daily mission for you to complete IRL. We've been having some fun with this show format, and this week is no different. We're going to do some shorter episodes where we dive into important, I would call them psychological concepts that you can start to use in your own life. Each one brings good news. Each one will challenge you to find a super friend, and each one will come with a daily mission. So that fits the bill. Now let's get into the show. Today, we're talking about unconscious orbiting. Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So sometimes the subjects in our life come in for a reason. Sometimes they're just noise. Sometimes the stimulus that we see is random, but sometimes it's not. And sometimes we find ourselves circling or orbiting the same topics, people, places, terminology, again, and again, and again. Sometimes we can be orbiting something that is so important to us, yet remains so far away from our conscious understanding that it's hard for us to even see. The good news today is that just by becoming aware of the fact that you've been unconsciously orbiting something, you can investigate it further. You don't have to remain orbiting it forever. You can get closer to the planet, to that celestial body. Sometimes you can crash into it, as I did with PTSD this last year. Or sometimes you can look into it, get a little bit closer to the surface and realize, no, there's nothing there. That's not about me. That's just something in the unconscious. And then you can get the escape velocity needed to make a break and get away from that celestial body or thing that you've been orbiting. So in my case, though, this was PTSD. When I left the military years ago, don't want to date myself too much there. I'm still young, still young though. When I left the military, this was something that I researched. I wrote a book. I did a lot to try to draw awareness to emerging resources for veterans, for first responders, anyone suffering from PTSD and generally just who wanted to see where the future was and what type of opportunities were available to veterans that were undervalued or recently coming on the scene, you know, not many people knew about them. So this led to writing a book. I briefed a panel of generals in DC on topics relating to PTSD and the future of work, as well as talking about culture, the culture of the military and how we could create a kind of a better reintegration program in the civilian world for veterans. This was a lot of fun, however, It brought me very close to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I was open to the idea that I had it. However, I also was open to the idea that people around me had it much, much worse, and we needed to focus our efforts and our attentions on those that had it in the most severe forms. So this led me to just orbit this topic, and one of the pieces of good news that you can use is that when you're orbiting a topic and you find yourself really passionately committed to it, 
and you find yourself defensively triggered about the topic. So with the case in PTSD, I just couldn't stand the fact that the D of the acronym, the disorder part was attached to it, right? This is a sign where, you know, the biological organism that's having a natural stress reaction to a traumatic event doesn't need the D added because this is a cultural stigma, basically. The idea that this is a disorder, I felt, was just unnecessary cultural judgment and baggage. And the reality is, though, it doesn't really matter how I feel. It's what the term is labeled as. It's what the medical community wants to call it. So that's what it's going to be called. And a lot of psychological terms, whether they're in the DSM-5 or anything like that, they come with tons and tons of baggage. And there's going to be cultural stigmas about this stuff any way you cut it, right? Anything emerging from the unconscious is going to have cultural stigmas. They're going to be inevitable. And it's very important that you notice how defensive you get around certain topics. This is rife for clues. This is rife for going deeper. This is a big, big opportunity to be brave enough to go into the unconscious, get a little bit closer to the object and examine it in detail. So for years, I just stayed orbiting this. This was something that was in my periphery. And it wasn't until I crash landed into this realization, literally with a near-death experience last year, that I was open to the idea that not only had I been suffering from it, but I'd been suffering quite severely you know, as far back as childhood. So you might have to crash land into an object from your unconscious to make it conscious. This isn't a bad thing. Many people will deny ever crashing into objects from their unconscious. They will keep this bottled up. They will think that happens to other people. Doesn't happen to me. This is the place you want to avoid because if you can make the unconscious conscious, like Young says, you can free yourself from it. You can free yourself from fate. There's no fate but what we make. And you have an opportunity to make new fate and maybe even cast out that BS descriptor, the most passive word in the world, fate, and adopt new words, adopt new language for the future. I would say unwritten. I would say it's whatever you want to make. I would say it's whatever you envision and believe and create. That's what's going to happen. So this is a call to action to become more definitely optimistic about your words, about your vision, and about what you choose to research that is hovering in that realm of unconscious and consciousness. When you're brave enough to admit to what you've been orbiting, now you have a chance to integrate it into your psychology. So be defensive about it. Notice that. Don't judge it. Just look at that as a, an early warning sign that danger is close or an opportunity is close. Or it might just be a false alarm and you just pull off and you have the escape velocity to get off the planet or get away from that gravity. When you go about into the world today, when you're in quarantine, when you're thinking, if you're meditating on this, the daily mission is to think about and write out, whether it's in a journal or on your phone, in the notes app, write out what have you been orbiting 
that you need to examine more closely and get intel on. You will not regret it. You will not regret taking a little bit of action today to examine that celestial body more closely and pull out that thing from the unconscious, look at it, make it conscious, and either transmute it, integrate it into your psychology, whatever you want to say. This is a powerful idea and activity, and I encourage everyone listening to think about it and maybe take some action on it today. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the flywheel of trauma and how to recover. I'll see you then. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.